Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Monday shows the best. Welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement. It says it right there. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the basement today. You're going to see momentarily, but all kinds of stuff going on in the world, in the world of organized professional sports. Mike Evans, the Tempe Buccaneers, has been suspended. I saw the Shefty tweet. He's going to be out a game, which sucks because they're playing the Packers next week, and that is a little like a, an asterisk on it now. I hate that. But I have thoughts more on the Mike Evans thing. We'll get into that in a little bit. All kinds of things. Takes on takes. Today is, yesterday, rather, Sunday, week two, an historic day. N historic day, A-N historic day, and I'll tell you why just shortly, what I love, what I hate, what I hilarious, all the stuff we always do, really good Monday show, just packed, please go over there, I'm talking to my eight-year-old son, who's trying to follow simple instructions, Calvin, we always start the show, let's go to the sky cam, go ahead, sky cam, there he is, wave Calvin right there, say hello to all your friends, give me a nice soft entry pass, that's my boy, can we start the show with a make chemistry, boo-boo, right here, yeah, that's it, let's start the show. What I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious, I drained it. Good job, bud. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that I got a nice buttery entry pass from my kin, and I just drained the shot. You guys have been watching, listening. I never make that shot. I'm terrible. And Calvin wants to do more. Of course he does. Now he wants to shoot. Not enough to pass. Uh, listen, here's the deal. Here's the date. Yeah, today is September 19, 2022. But I want to talk about December 11, 2011. That was over 3,935 days ago. On that particular day, LMFAO had the hit of the year. But rock is in the house. Uh, we're doing the Katy Perry Firework. Still a banger. I love that album. And the number one movie was Alvin and the Chipmunks. Chipwrecked. Nailed it. Read about David Cross's thoughts on that. Why am I talking about 2011-2011? Because that was the last time that the following four NFL teams won on the same day. The Lions. The Lions won. It was uh, Jim Schwartz versus uh, Leslie Frazier. They beat the Vikings. Matt Stafford over Christian Ponder and Joe Webb. So we got one Lions. The New York Jets won over the Chiefs. Mark Sanchez over Tyler Palco, 37-10. Okay, that's two. The Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Buccaneers. Blaine Gabbert versus Josh Freeman. I got Josh Freeman stories. And number four, the New York Football Giants defeated the Cowboys with Eli over Romo. The Giants, the Jets, the Lions, and the Jags all won on that day, December 11, 2011. They also all won yesterday. How about that? What a time that we're living in. The Lions won, and the Jets, and the Jags, and the Giants. It's really fun. There's a buzz in New York because the Mets and Yankees won at the same time. But I like the history of that there because I don't know about you, but I love different teams winning, finally. Chiefs, great. Buccaneers, Brady, wherever he is, Packers, it's all fine. Don't get me wrong. Those are your staples. But I like the variety cereal box. Always have. Always have, like, the little six, whether you get the General Mills or the Kellogg or whoever is sponsoring us. Uh, and, you know, you have your staples, your Frosted Flakes and all that, your go-tos, your Fruit Loops. Those are the Packers. Those are the Steelers. Those ones always win. I like the crazy weird ones. You ever get down with Honey Smacks? Dig them. They got a frog as their mascot. That, in this case, would be, oh, my God, the New York Giants are 2-0. and Or the ultimate, last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. They got a whole different issue. But the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl. I like different flavors. There's only 32 of them. It's basically a Baskin-Robbins. I like to sample. I like to get that little pink spoon, the little plastic one. Can I have a taste of the uh, Miami ice? Whatever. 
Miami, by the way, 2-0. So the point is, yesterday was a really, really weird day. Jets and Giants both win. Jags win. And I'm into it. And I did an informal poll, and I will ask you the same question. The Kyle Brandt's basement staff, who may or may not be, definitely is, biased geographically with their fan base. I said, all right, guys, Jets, Giants, Jags, and Lions. Which is the most likely team to be playing in the playoffs this year? Most likely. The Jaguars got a vote, which I respect. The Giants got the rest of the votes of the whole staff. Understand, we have a 37-person staff here in Kyle Brandt's basement. It takes that much, that much. And all 36 people voted for the Giants. No love for the Lions. Dan Campbell has like a tasty Metallica lyric for you. And um, just no love at all. The Jaguars sort of, no love for the Jets? That was a big win. That was Joe Flacco. How about that? We're going to talk about Joe Flacco in a second, too, and his thoughts on drugs. Joe Flacco had like the ultimate stiff dad quote, but Joe Flacco also has a big-ass win against the Cleveland Browns, their stupid infield logo, and uh, their hapless second-half play. So, guys, remember yesterday. We went from Joe Webb and Tyler Palco. It was that kind of day. It's been 11 years since those teams won. I love it. I love it. I need variety. And by the way, my record, I didn't even answer it. Giants, Jags, Jets, Lions. Watch out for the Jets. And I know that's hilarious. I'm going to go with the Jets there. They're one and one. They believe in their coach. They don't even have their regular quarterback. If that Zach Wilson can play at all, I'm into it. I said watch out for the Jets. That isn't really a take. I hate it when people hedge their takes by saying don't be surprised if. However, I'm going to go. I'm going to throw in with the Jaguars. Of those four teams, most likely to be playing in the playoffs. Who do you like in that division? I guess the Titans go tonight. We'll see what they have against Buffalo. But I like the Jaguars. It's true. Trevor Lawrence actually has a real human being as a head coach this year. So it's kind of like his rookie year. I like Doug Peterson. I like that he has a statue and he coaches the Jaguars now. I think it's Jacksonville. But either way, it's all coming up love. I love that those four teams are in. I love that Calvin is trying to climb into the shot now and is knocking over equipment. They eight-year-olds, you know? They're just, they're wild, aren't they, Calvin? Hello? Hello? That's right. Let's move on, though. Tough segue for me talking about my beautiful son, but let's talk about what I hate. Here we go. All right. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, and you know I'm striking the Cobra Kai pose, and I got my bare feet, and I got my bare knuckles, and I'm just ready to punch. Uh, And here's what else I'm ready for. I'm ready to, to punch the schedule, the actual paper schedule. I'm going to break it like a board at the Cobra Kai Dojo. The next time it says Bears Packers in primetime. Enough of this. Enough of this. I talked about this a little bit earlier today. How many times do we need to see a Packers-Bears ass-whooping on national television? Any day you want. Sunday, Thursday, Monday. It's always the same game. Every time. Here's the beats of the Packers-Bears game in this era. Oh my gosh, the Bears come out kind of determined. They had an interesting first quarter, and maybe this thing will be competitive. Then Rodgers says Dracaris, just <laughs> all over for the second and third quarter, and it's any, you name it. It's, it's Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, last night Aaron Jones, just pick it. Sec- and then in the fourth quarter, they get a little complacent, and the Bears make a play or two, and maybe they can make a game out of it. And then, whoosh, no, lost. Two touchdown, three touchdown. It is the same game every time. We have, again, 32 teams. That's a lot of different matchups we could have. Mike North, the guy, I love the guy. He's a very smart, he's got a dry wit, which I really appreciate. He is the NFL scheduling czar. He does like the, the puzzle and sees the matrix and knows how to schedule the games. I understand the Bears and Packers have to play twice a year. That's fine. Not in prime time anymore. I don't even want them in the late window. I don't want them at 4 o'clock Eastern. 
1 p.m. only. It doesn't mean the Packers can't play in primetime. Absolutely, they can't. You know what? It doesn't mean the Bears can't play in primetime. Just the Bears can't play the Packers in primetime. I've done the stats. This isn't even just a Rodgers thing. Do you know that Aaron Rodgers' actual like win differential total, the number, the average margin of victory against the Bears in primetime in his career, is 15 points? Do you know that Brett Favre's in primetime against the Bears in his career was 16 points? Last night, perfect. Last night they won by 17, 15, 16, 17. It's never like, oh man, the Packers really muscled up with that last minute Mason Crosby field goal. Thank God they needed that, but the Bears really gave him a contest. It's always ass whooping, always. And no, not literally always, I understand. Occasionally the Bears have eked one out, but I don't care about that. Why are we watching that in prime time? And I hear this all the time. Well, you know, it rates very well. So would a public execution. I'm really sure that if you put that on TV, a lot of people would watch. That doesn't mean we want to watch. We should watch. It's unsavory. Stop, stop making this Bears-Packers thing. It's the great rivalry that holds this league together. No, it is not. The hammer does not have a rivalry with the nail. Rivalry is not just history and pageantry. It is back and forth. You have to have some side win sometimes. It can't just be na-da-da-da-da-da-da. We still talk about Packers-Bears as if it's Yankees-Red Sox. It's not. It's not even Ohio State-Michigan. It's Packers-Bears, and it is a lopsided loss almost every single time out there. I hate that I say this. I like the Bears organization. I grew up with it. They've been very good to me. There's a lot of really good people there, and I like what they're doing with Poles and Eberflus. Just they're not ready. Why would they put them in primetime? Do you think the Bears are going to make a game of that last night? This young, very uh, lacking in talent Bears team? Put them on. Yeah, it'll be great. Sunday nighter. Don't put them on. I'd rather do Jets-Jaguars. I would rather do anything. I'd rather do uh, Panthers versus Falcons. In prim- Maybe we'll see something different. And yet they keep doing it. And I put it out there. I said this. I said, what do you guys think? Am I wrong? And I'm, I put it out there hoping... Please, Bears fans, just please say yes. No mas, tap out. Don't come with any cockamamie sort of like, just don't. You want to see the tweet response? I'm cringing already. I'm cringing. Give me the tweet response. Give it to me. What do you got? What did the people say? Perfect handle, my White Sox 2022-34. A South Sider. Guy's probably been a Bears fan a long time. That's what he says. Man, that game was all about the refs. Oh, God, what a terrible start. I've seen at least 12 to 15 holds that didn't get flagged. They even picked up a flag when it was as clear as day, a hold on nine. I can't read the rest of the tweet. I can't do this. That game was not all about the refs, I can assure you. And if you want to go through every walloping that the Bears have taken at the hands of Rodgers and Favre in primetime in front of the whole country and really make it about the refs, don't do that. Be better than that. You are Chicago, Illinois. Act accordingly. There's a dignity that comes with Stop doing that. Pointing at the refs or saying this, this, it, it is a not a dignified response. It's a 17-point loss. Look, I thought Fields broke the plane, too. I did. Doesn't matter. He's doing the one. Next tweet. Give me somebody in Chicago who will just say, hand up, it's us. This is Aaron. She says, holding and flagrant false start, no calls. And we had, stop it. Stop doing the officiating thing. She says, and it wasn't a blowout. I'm not saying the Bears played great. Just, they didn't play great. They never played great against the Packers. Next. Give me somebody with some sense. Are you guys not in the Chicago Green Bay markets hearing this and saying, man, you're right, I hate when I see this Sunday Nighter and it's Bears Packers. There it is. Bold advisor has some bold takes. It's one of the most watched games every year, ass whooping or not. Like I said, 
put a man in the electric chair in Times Square, New York City, and put it on ABC, and you will get 200 million people. Doesn't mean we want to watch it. it it's it's not it's it's not good for anybody. Just don't do it. Are you telling me that you couldn't? Do you even look at the Bears-Packers as a rivalry anymore? Like, I, I, I'm as, as someone who's neutral to both of these cities, like, I, I get excited to watch Pittsburgh-Baltimore. That, to me, is all right. We got Steelers-Ravens. I don't even care what the record is. We got um, Chiefs-Raiders. I'm into it. Packers-Vikings? I'm into it. Packers-Bears? Guys, it's, it's, it's been small little glints of decency for the Bears over the last 30 years. And you know for a fact that as soon as Rodgers leaves, they're going to find, like, the next Joe Montana that's going to be the Packers. So I just hate it. I love the Bears. I hate the games on national television. Let's just hide them in the 1 p.m. kickoff where they can take their 17-point loss with a little bit of secrecy and a little bit of decency and a little bit of dignity. This guy says, Joe, I'd go one step further. Joe agrees with me. The Bears need a two- to three-year primetime ban. I don't have the stats, but it can't be good for all the primetime games no matter who they play. Joe, I, I can't totally agree with you. I think they can play in prime time. But you, you wouldn't put some guy off the street to, to box Tyson Fury in, in Madison Square Garden, all right? You got to find a different venue. The Bears can play in prime time. Give me an opponent who is in their weight class. Why can't they get a Bears-Lions game in prime time? You don't want to see that? I do. Wouldn't you rather see it than Bears-Packers? Joe, I like that you agree with me. I'm getting worked up on this. Please, save Ferris. A local reference. Save the Bears. Just take, let them get their bleep together. A couple of years, Rodgers gets out of there, and we can get after it properly in prime time. That's it. It's time to move on to what is hilarious. Thank you. All right, there it is. Our cutting-edge Max Headroom logo. That's the guy. Catch the wave. That's him. Um, but what's hilarious... It's a different type of beverage. He used to in, in, endorse uh, the Coca-Cola. But let's talk about tea. Speaking of the Packers, Alan Lazard played his first game last night. He's now the kind of de facto wide receiver one for Aaron Rodgers after Devontae. Didn't play in the opener against Minnesota. Packers got housed, came back last night, had a touchdown. And I'm just going to describe this to you if you didn't see it. Rodgers throws this cool little sidearm pass in the red zone. And um, Lazard sits there. And all the players come over, and they hold out little little handcuffs like they're, uh, like they're having like a cup of something like that. And uh, Lazard starts pouring things into them. Will you excuse me for one second? This is what happens in a basement show when it's in your house and you have a kid home. Go to the sky cam. Go to the sky cam. Go to the sky cam. Go on. Calvin's up on the bike. Just say hello. Hi. All right. Could, could, is there any way you could not play music while I'm talking about Alan Lazard and the tea? Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to step out and I'll see you in a little bit? No, he wants to stay here. This is what happens. I told you the show was in my basement. Lest anyone have any uh, moon landing conspiracy theories that this actually isn't a TV studio, please don't. Thank you. Bunny ears. An undefeated gag. All these years later, bunny ears still working. Can you please not turn on music and be quiet at least? Can you please? Can you please? Kid hit me with the bunny ears like a sniper. Anyway, let me uh, transition back to here to um, hallucinogenic talk. That'll be a good inspiration. Uh, So anyway... He, he does like he's pouring tea, and then all the Packers pour tea. All right, Cal, you're out of here. You're out of here. You're out of here. You're out of here. You're out. Of, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Five, and go to the sky cam. There he goes, Calvin Brandt. Get out of here. Wave goodbye. 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 Okay. Come. Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. Closing it inch by inch, just to mess with me. This was almost a family confessional moment. It's probably best that I dismissed the boy before this because I'm about to talk about hallucinogenics and I can only parse my words so much. Anyway, 
I told you this is the real show. This is the thing. Wait till Mrs. Brandt comes in. What were you talking about with uh, Alan Lazard and, and Calvin? Don't worry about it. Alan Lazard looked like he was pouring tea. Everyone drank the tea and they passed out. My God, I've never had to work so hard. And then he was asked afterwards, Alan Lazard, what was the deal with that? Like, what were you pouring? Like, what, what, what was that celebration? We've never seen you do that before. And he had a pretty lengthy explanation in, in which he used a lot of words at his locker after the game. Here it is. Coach LaFleur came up to us on Friday, or to Kabi and I, and was like, we need some more juice, some more energy. So um, when we got back to our period. Um, we're doing our red zone day and everything on Friday. And I got the, the huddle. I was like, hey, after I scored touchdown here, just so we could bring up the energy and the juice, I was like, I'm going to pour you guys some tea. I want you guys to drink the tea and do with it as you would like to. So um, we saw a different, a variety of celebrations after drinking the tea. But it was just, you know, really just to get everyone involved and kind of just, you know, lessen the mood and everything. Obviously, things are a little bit tight around here um, after the loss last week just because that's not the standard. That's not the expectation. So um, just wanted to be out there, obviously, with the guys again and to be able to have them relax and play fluid, play fun, um, go out there and play fast. And so it's something I kind of added in. <laughs> after I scored, everyone came up to me with their hands out asking for tea. So I was like, well, I guess I'm pouring tea. <laughs> Uh, he must have because he, I feel like he had probably the best reaction. I think it just like the tea just overtook his body. <laughs> you kind of just see something just come up out of him, which is pretty cool. Special tea. Special tea, yeah. <laughs> Special tea, yes. So you ever see you watch an MLB game and clearly um, a guy pimps a home run the last time up and he gets up here and the pitcher just puts one right in his rib cage on the first pitch and they go to him in his locker afterwards. They're like, ah, so were you were you throwing at uh, Anderson there? Oh yeah, you know that one just got away from me. Oh, really? <laughs> you you can put you can paint the corner within an inch and a half, and on the first pitch of that bat, it went directly into his cartilage, just got away from you. That's what it seemed like right there with Lazard. He kind of had the smile on his face the whole time. Can we just put the cards on the table or the tea on the table? That was an elaborate ayahuasca performance, right? Like that that was that was the tea they were drinking. He goes, I'll just serve the tea and react how you want. No one reacts in any way to drinking tea. They react by putting it down and having a finger cookie. The Packers took the tea and they all passed out on the ground from sipping tea. And then Rogers gets up. Rogers takes the sip and he goes like, like he had some sort of out of body experience, which I think is the whole idea. So I love that Lazar did it. I love the Cheshire Cat smile in his explanation. I love all of this. We're not supposed to talk about ayahuasca. It's kind of taboo, at least in some of the things that I do. But that's what they're doing. They're doing it on Sunday Night Football. It was the most interesting thing about the Packers-Bears ass-whooping is there was a full-on hallucinogenic tea party demonstration in the end zone. Why, why would they pass out? Was there poison in the tea? Oh, of course we know what it was. But it does beg the question. So I was thinking about this. This is what I spend my time doing. You know that meme where the woman's in bed and she's like, he's probably thinking about other women. Other women. And the guy's like, I wonder which NFL quarterback would be the most fun to have ayahuasca tea with. That's where I'm at. Those are the kind of things that I think about. And this is informal, but I'll just say this. I've never experienced ayahuasca. I've never experienced psychedelics. Don't necessarily condemn them. Just not my thing. Certainly I have a lot of friends who have, but just not my thing. Never was in college. I was in a different stuff. If you had to sit down at a table for two in a private place, not a restaurant, let's just say it's like in your living room, and you had to drink the tea that Alan Lazard was serving, allegedly, which NFL starting quarterback would be the best hang, would make you the most comfortable and the happiest? I'm going to do a whip through. 
Uh, we'll start with the AFC East. Tua, young guy, seems really nice. I don't want to do it with him. Josh Allen, I don't think that's his thing. That's a farmer's son. Mac Jones, a little giggly. I think he might be fun, but no. Uh, Joe Flacco had like the daddest quote of all time when he was, he talked about winning over the Browns. This is yesterday. He said, you know, winning the NFL is like a drug. Uh, not that I've experienced drugs or anything, but, you know, it's intoxicating. We know, Joe. We, we, we pretty much know. I mean, that was like less than you would think I've been into the heavy narcotics. No, we know, you know you're just making a reference. Joe Flacco is way out. Don't want to do it with him. Mitch Trubisky, no. Lamar seems like he's a different type of guy. I'm going to put him on the maybe. Um, nah, Bur- <laughs> Joe Burrow is a little interesting. I don't want to put him in it. Like. Burrow is a little much. Trevor Lawrence, absolutely not. Davis Mills, I can't say I want to do that. Uh, Matt Ryan, way too straight. Ryan Tannehill, ditto. Mahomes is interesting. I think he's more of a... I don't know if I could take Mahomes. If, if I don't know where those things take you if you drink those, but the voice might start to weird me out after a while. I don't know. Mahomes, Herbert, I think too much of a straight arrow. Russell Wilson, that would be my absolute hell on earth. I'd rather die in a fire than do that. Derek Carr, straight arrow. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is in the conversation for the worst as we go to the NFC. This is the starting quarterback. This is a great social call-out. Which starting quarterback would you like to take hallucinogenic tea with? Daniel Jones might be 32 out of 32. I, he's the kind of guy... I, I can't even go there. Daniel Jones, absolutely not. Uh, Jalen Hurts, don't see the draw there. Carson Wentz in the bottom three as well. Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush, again, not interested. And then you hit the Minnesota Vikings. Can you even imagine? I mean, Kirk's idea of like getting crazy is like probably having like a non-diet root beer or like putting, getting the zesty Italian dressing instead of just the regular Hidden Valley Italian dressing. Like getting Pepper Jack on his burger at Fridays. Kirk, I mean, I, Kirk, I think I might freak out. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on, what's going on? Like, I, I don't want to be around that. I love Kirk. I like to have an iced tea and a club sandwich with him while we watch The Price is Right, but I'm not doing that. Rodgers, I think you would really, I mean, you'd really have to be in the mood. He's obviously the godfather of this whole conversation. I think he would go places. If you're into doing the whole Joe Rogan thing, like, you ever think about the, like, corn, man? Like, corn is crazy. Like, just, if you want to get into that, sure. Jared Goff can't do it. Justin Fields, no. <sighs> Brady. No, his body is temple, wouldn't do it. Now, here's one. I think we have a winner. As we round through the NFC South, Jameis. Jameis is never boring, always entertaining. He can be kind of serious, but he can be silly. I don't even, I think I can stop it right there. With due respect to Marcus Mariota's uh, talents in this regard, I think I'd go Jameis Winston. I think my worst is Kirk Cousins, and my best is Jameis Winston. Having never done it, and I'm not even doing allegedly or winking at the camera. Just haven't done it. I'd be too scared. I'm going to go with Jameis Winston, my favorite to sit down and have the tea with, and Kirk Cousins, 32 out of 32. Saints, Vikings, a lot of history there. But that's it. Tweet me if I'm wrong. Also, Kirk and Jameis, if you want to tweet me if I'm wrong, you're more than welcome to. That is some kind of segment. That's what's hilarious. What are we moving on to next? Hold on. Let me go to the intrepid transition lenses Mike Flynn uh, Google Doc here. Um, it's time for some takes and takes. Let's do it. Let me get my numbers. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich Smoked Sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. 
from buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, if we really wanted to get nuts, we would do which sports media member do you want to have hallucinogenic tea with? I got thoughts on that as well. Um, but I'm not going to get into that today. I'm just going to get into their takes. I have takes on their takes. You know this is one of our recurring segments. I got numbers up here. I rate them. And we just chum the waters for the best takes on a Monday morning where the takes are ripe. And we have two heavyweights, um, so to speak, right now. First up, they come in. I rate them. Whoever gets the higher rating wins. Here we go. First up on ESPN's Get Up, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan went to my high school in Lincolnshire, Illinois, Stevenson High School. He, Rob Ryan, and uh, Ron Goldman went to my high school, who also has a very unfortunate NFL connection. But uh, what did Rex Ryan have to talk about? He was talking about the Ravens uh, being way up on the Miami Dolphins and finding a way to lose. I've not seen these. I've never seen them. Obviously, Rex Ryan has a history with the Ravens. Let's hear what he has to say about that home loss for Lamar and the Ravens. Let's go. They don't know what the hell they're doing schematically. There's something, there's something wrong with this team. And they have a lot of players individually. They got Marcus Peters. You got, you know, the kid from uh, New Orleans, Williams. Yeah. You got all these guys. Humphrey, that's three pro bowlers in the back end. Why the hell aren't you playing better? And, and to me, it's like they're busting coverages. Communication is bad. They can't finish games anymore. It used to be we're up, just like Ryan, too. We'd be up seven points, game, set, match, done. They're up 21 and lose this game. Yeah. So to me, look, the, 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 I, I question going into this game, would Greg Roman have the answers for their defense? He did. He passed it with he flying did. colors. However, their defense, this new hotshot coordinator is terrible. <laughs> that, that was a buzzer beater right there. Like, I didn't see that one coming, and he beat the shot clock to say their new hotshot coordinator is terrible. All right, Rex, you're a high-energy guy. You do a lot of hand gesticulating, which certainly I, I can relate to. It's a little a little breathless, a little manic. I would have propo- I would have thought of something a little more personal. He's, he's on to a good point, then. We, we thought, you know, last year we saw the Ravens, especially against Cincinnati, just get crushed in the secondary. And this was supposed to be dealt with. And now Marlon Humphrey's, Humphrey, uh, Marlon Humphrey's healthy. And uh, Marcus Peters is back. And so it's supposed to be dealt with. And of all people, Tua, who just, you know, is still kind of fresh on the scene, just decided to torch their entire second. It was a really bad look for Baltimore. And we get caught up so much in how exciting Miami was. Bad, bad Ravens loss. Uh, I'm going to give this, and I like Rex, and I can't wait to see him on The Amazing Race. I'm trying to find my number. Oh, here it is. Yeah, this is a four. It's four. Um, This is, I think, how many touchdowns the Dolphins were down in this game. Tua ended up throwing six. The, the take by Tua and the letdown by Baltimore was, I, I think, a little bit 
deserving of more passion and a little more, a little more heat. You know, we always go for delivery, creativity, and a little spice on it. It's a four. All this next combatant needs is a five to win takes on takes today. And who do you bring in? This might be even beneath this gentleman. You bring in this guy when you need to beat an eight. And you're like, my friend, put up a nine or a ten and let's go have some drinks. Coming in on the other corner, Stephen A. Smith, who once told me when he was coming up and finding his way, he was surviving on tuna fish and Kool-Aid. That was his entire diet. Love Stephen A. On first take. Also... This is interesting. He's also on the Ravens. So we have an apples-to-apples comparison here. Can he beat a four? Stephen A., the floor is yours. I would like to remind you that the Baltimore Ravens are a catastrophe. Let me look into this camera and see. <laughs> it's over. The Baltimore I like Ravens it already. be ashamed of themselves. You are an embarrassment to the legacy <laughs> of previous Baltimore Ravens defense. De- Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, and the crew. They are sitting Go there. They, they're probably going to show up to practice this week and get in the face of the players and saying, do you have any idea how you are shaming <laughs> the legacy that, stand, that the Baltimore Ravens franchise stands on? John Harbaugh was the coach. Okay, when Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and those boys was winning Super Bowls. Okay, yeah. he was there. All right, he was there for one of them. We remember what he brought to the table. He is accustomed to seeing a level of defense that is synonymous with greatness. Okay, this is not that. This is not that defense. You're, and I'm talking specifically about their pass defense over the last right. 19 games. Yeah, look at the numbers. The worst pass defense in the National Football League. You are an embarrassment and an utter disgrace to the legacy that has been established by the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> I love that Stephen A is just rolling. Uh, sorry, I just shook the room. He's just rolling and doing it himself. And I, he tried to get a stat in there, which I appreciate because when you do these shows, you're plied with statistics by producers and researchers. And sometimes they can be very useful, but sometimes they can just be a hindrance. And he went to the, he's cruising and he's doing an embarrassment and a disgrace. And then he tries to, <laughs> this, I really empathize with this because I've done this. And he says, over the last 19 games, strange number 19 games. I don't know why we're talking about 19 games. Seven to, I guess maybe 17 last year. Okay. And two this year. Maybe it makes more sense. They are, and he kind of just lost the worst defense. I, he just said, screw the stats. God, the stats are annoying sometimes. So I'm going to give, I, I, I was flashing some different numbers during the segment. But he's going to fully double up Rex Ryan. Uh, Rex Ryan, out of his weight class, I, I, I love him. He was a wonderful coach for a lot of years. This is Stephen A. Stephen A is like, this is his sideline. That is an A. Even Michael Irvin is sitting there on set, like, earnestly giggling at Stephen A. Because we're already at week two, and the words embarrassment, which are here, and then disgrace, which is like a double embarrassment, is all the way up to here. I don't know who has the punching power. Well, I do know who has it. It's maybe on another network other than ESPN to outtake Stephen A. He's wearing this beautiful, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, cornflower blue or what? It's like this plaid suit. He looks great. He's ready. He's got just the right amount of gesturing. Uh, eight. Eight takes on takes. I want someone to beat Stephen A. He says he's never lost the debate, which is a hilarious take in and of itself. 
but he certainly didn't lose this one. Takes on takes. Down goes Rex Ryan. Bring in Rob Ryan next time. I'm a big Rob guy. But Stephen A. wins. And we move on to something that we call... Well, we call it brand awareness, and I want you to do something for me. If you've never seen this segment before, that means you've never seen Sam Pepper before. I want you to picture in your head, what does a sports media producer look like? If you had to make one out of clay, talking about, like, kind of his age, his appearance, his race, everything, and you're like, what does he look like? If, if I could just go central casting sports TV or sports radio producer... Does he look like the human being you're about to see after this little animation? Let's find out. Go ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There he is! <laughs> is that it? Did you picture him with the black shirt and bold buttons buttoned and the collar that's mostly where it's supposed to be and the glasses and the cool beard? Sam, it's great to see you. You've been away. The people are... Start your engines, everybody. There's Sam Pepper, real name. How are you? I'm good. I'm honored to be here. I never thought I would be exactly what people wanted to see at any given point, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. <gasps> You gotta give the people what they want, and they want headlines. They do. Uh, I'm not aware of necessarily everything, or sometimes I am, and I just prepare that I pretend that I'm not. <laughs> Sam, what's in the headlines today? Let's talk about it. All right, I don't know if you're aware of this one. First up, fallout from the Bucks Saints brawl. Mike Evans, yeah. who got into it with Saints corner Marshawn Lattimore yet again, has been suspended one game. Evans plans to appeal, but next up for Tampa is Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Kyle, your thoughts on all this? Well, I hate the Green Bay part, just like I hated that Keenan Allen was injured for the Chargers-Chiefs game. It's just annoying. It's, it, that's a difference-making player. Mike Evans is awesome. I mean, he's, he's and he would go against Jair Alexander, and that's just something if you consume football like we all do, that's a big deal. He's not out there. I, I, have to, I, I love Mike, and I've interviewed him several times, and he's an unbelievably likable guy. I, I love everything about him. He's one of my favorite guys in the NFL. He should probably be suspended. I don't have a problem with it. You know, Here's the deal. If you don't know or if you do, there's a lot of history. They went against, he went up against Lattimore before. They fought before. This Buck Saints thing gets really, really heated. He ran off the sideline. He was not part of the Brady fracas. This guy's tweet's perfect. This guy, Dang Marquis. Dang or Marquise, I'm sorry. He's got, a, he's got this cool little elephant avatar as his logo. He says, Mike Evans and Marshawn, basically Peter Griffin and the giant chicken. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely, pro they just have an ongoing series of fights where twice a year they play and they see each other, and it's like, do you want to go? And then just Peter and the chicken just beating the crap out of each other and black eyes and bloody nose. So um, Mike said that afterwards he said a lot of things. He said he didn't think he would be suspended. He said the last time when he hit Lattimore, it was a cheap shot and it was from behind. He said this wasn't a cheap shot at all. Oh no, I won't be suspended. And then there was this cool video of him on the field talking to the official, saying it's Tom Brady, man. What am I supposed to do? I think he thought he was protecting his quarterback, which I totally get. But that is, is that, that fracas, which is a word, I don't know if it's fracas or fracas. Can someone on the staff tell me, look it up. Is it, 
Does the A have a long line over it or like a little smiley? Is it fracas or fracas? I think it's fracas. That word is everywhere today. It's one of those words I don't really know how to pronounce. In the fracas, uh, it was like that is as bad as they really get in the NFL in 2022. You don't really see fights in games. This was like there was kind of a punch. There was a blindside hit. There's helmets off. All the players are on the field. They're, the coaches are doing that thing where they're like, stop, 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 stop. Don't run out there. Don't run out there. Like the NBA coaches used to do and the, like the whole Miami Heat Knicks thing happened. And the problem is, is like it's already happened once before. It's going to happen again. So if you're not listening, we have to suspend you. Like it's, I, I hate that Mike Evans is out, but I don't hate the suspension. I don't know, Sam. Like, does that, you tell me. Like the, the NBA thing was always, if you leave the bench, like we are going to throw the book at you because they don't want it. And the NBA fights are a little bit different, but the way that it was, it was going on, there was a Fournette, Lattimore, Brady thing going on. And then Evans just ran in and like did like the shoulder block to Lattimore. I, I, I don't find any part of myself saying they shouldn't suspend them. What do you think? I think if it was the first time that they, yeah. these two had gotten into each other, first time that Evans um, had done anything like this, it would not be a suspension. I saw somebody report it um, that it was due in part to the fact that he was a repeat offender, which sounds a lot more serious mm-hmm. than it is. Uh, but I think that had a lot to do with it. Also, I'm being told it's fracas, which I never knew it was. Fracas? Uh, uh, yeah, fracas. Um, uh, but I would just go with brouhaha next time. I think I think that's a little <laughs> little better. Brouhaha. It, it, we, we are, as a show, going to be a brouhaha show. Yep. Maybe with slight side trips to, to dust up. But brouhaha is a much cooler one. Last word on Mike Evans. One of the more interesting guys. So we've talked about this a little bit before. Mike Evans has a massive, massive Harry Potter tattoo on his calf. So, like, if he wears shorts, there's just Harry Potter for the rest of his life. He says he watches Harry Potter or reads it every single day, and which is fine. It's cute and cool, and I love Harry Potter, too. What's fascinating about him is he's also, like, way into MMA and boxing and all the violent sports. So that is really a, a crazy cross-section. Like, how many people at MMA fights, you think are like, yeah, 10 points for Ravenclaw. I, I just think it's an interesting subsection that I'm actually part of. So maybe that's why I'm interested in it, though. But I do think that that sort of fight thing kicks in for Mike. He likes the fight games, and he likes to participate in those sometimes. And now he has to sit down against the bleeping Packers, and I'm frustrated about it. Uh, Sam, have you checked in with Harry Potter yet today, and what else is in the headlines? <laughs> well, I, uh, I don't do any Harry Potter stuff because when that first book came out, I was about 13, 12, 13 years old and looked exactly Mm -hmm. like the kid on the cover. So uh, (laughs) I was just, I just hated the whole thing. I hear you. (laughs) All right. Next up. Uh, You spoke about the Dolphins epic comeback against the Ravens a ton yesterday. Today we got more insight on a specific play courtesy of Peter King. According to Mike McDaniel, the 48 yard touchdown from Tua Tyreek to Tyreek that made it a one score game in the fourth was called the Effit play. Like, it's an actual play installed in their offense. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts? I adore it. This should be every play in their offense. It's it, it, That's what we're going to do. The fact that they don't... I think a lot of people have that play, but they, they actually specifically named it. Says a lot about them. And it, it... Look, Tyreek said this after the game. Tua was playing video games. Effit sounds like a video game play. Now, it could be NFL Street with Ricky Williams on the cover. It could be uh, NFL Blitz with Cordell Stewart on the cover. They wouldn't work blue like that. 
But I love it. And they were down by three or four touchdowns. So just chuck it. I don't know why they don't do that more. It also, it really does, the, the video game thing comes out. In fact, can I get a quick sidebar for a second on the F it play? Give me a quick sidebar. I got thoughts on this. All right, so the, uh, the Miami Dolphins run a play that is actually called F it for a touchdown deep against the Baltimore Ravens. And it brings to mind what are the greatest video game plays ever. This, if you were, never mind, Michael Vick is the greatest player video game ever, or Bo Jackson, plays. All right, first of all, here's my, here's my top three. Strong Flood. Strong Flood, you can run it in NCAA or Madden. You just basically send the receiver, the tight end, and the running back over there. It's really easy, okay? Number two, Cross Flats. I, I, I don't see this much, but you go split back, and they go like this, and you just look left or right, you throw it in the flat to the running back, and they can always make one miss. That's fine. But the number one play... In video game history, it just goes by one name. Da Bomb. D-A space B-O-M-B. Da Bomb. That is an NFL Blitz play in which everybody just goes to hell deep and you chuck it. I think maybe they bend the route a little bit. It's not a true Hail Mary, but you know Da Bomb. I know people out there know Da Bomb, and I think Mike McDaniel knows Da Bomb, and he renamed it the Effort play, and they just dialed it up a few times against Baltimore. You know who doesn't know Da Bomb? Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, maybe John Harbaugh. They learned the bomb. Not, I'm sorry, not the bomb. The bomb. Greatest video game play in history. I think you should run it more. The Miami Dolphins, I see you. I love you in 16-bit. Run it next week. End of, end of quick sidebar. Send it out. All right, so anyway, that's my sidebar. Sam, do you not remember the bomb? Did you play NFL Blitz? The bomb. I did play NFL Blitz. I was uh, on Madden. I was a more of an eight-yard tight end in-route guy. Just pick up eight <laughs> yards every time. It, was, it t- says a lot about me. I just think. go right to Antonio Gates every time. Yep. Wide open, every baby. T- Tony Gonzalez. Can't stop it. Unstoppable. <laughs> nope. Eight yards. Eight yards and no dust. Um, finally, two Monday night football games tonight. Titans against our regular guest, Josh Allen and the Bills at 715. Mm-hmm. And then your MVP pick, MVP pick Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. visits Philly at 830. One note. Cousins is 2-9 and nine on Monday night, but those oh, two yeah. wins are part of an active two-game winning streak. His 8-17 and 17 record in primetime is the worst all-time, but he's won three of his last four. So two guys play tonight. Both guys, this show, and you, are both heavily, uh, heavily invested in. So who yeah. has a better night? Kirk or Josh? Um, that's a good question. Statistically, maybe Kirk. Um, I, I always, always, I'm always reticent to, to like go for big stats for Josh Allen. People are always on like, why don't you think Josh Allen should win MVP? Josh Allen, like, you guys have to stop saying that. I've said this a thousand times. You as a Bills fan do not want Josh Allen to win the MVP. That means he had a big statistical year. The defense wasn't good. The running game wasn't good. And go ahead and look up how many times the league MVP wins the Super Bowl. It ain't much. Rodgers won the MVP last year. You see him doing much in the playoffs? You don't want that. So I, I would think actually Kirk in, in would have the better statistics just because he's just going to be chucking it and, you know, he'll do the Dalvin thing a little bit. But, God, there's two great games. They're hitting us early with the great games. We got that crazy Seahawks-Broncos thing week one. We got Chargers-Chiefs last year, last week on Thursday night. And now an inexplicable doubleheader that I don't even understand why we got two, but I'm not, I'm not questioning it. Um... I just want to see the I want to see the Bills defense play well tonight. If you say you got the best safety tandem in the league, which I think they do, in Poyer and Hyde, it's not just about big interceptions or leadership. Like you have to bring down Derrick Henry. 
grab him by the shoulders or the knees or the Achilles or the butt or the ribs or whatever and get his ass to the ground because he's had some big moments against the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think the most interesting output would be this uh, outcome would be the, the, the Eagles winning tonight over the Vikings because whoever wins Eagles or Vikings is like a, a strong 2-0. They're not the New York Giants 2-0. I don't even know if they're the Dolphins 2-0. They're like, oh, my God, they could win the NFC 2-0. They just have so many talented, good players. That's the one that is fascinating to me. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the Bills, and I think it's going to be the Vikings. I, God, I hope we get this. Can you imagine a Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins Super Bowl? We'll have both of them on the basement uh, 20 minutes before the game starts, and we'll just talk about the game. That's the one we want, Pepper. Bills, Vikings, and the Super Bowl, I think both of them win tonight. That would be great. That would be great. I think because these games are overlapping, we should bring in Scott Hansen as well. Uh, that, would, <laughs> that would really be ideal. Sam Pepper, great producer, digital thermometer over his shoulder. Wow. I love I, Scott Hansen will come on. I can text him right now. and It'll be on the next five minutes. Thank you, Sam. You're always keeping us aware of everything. You do a great job. We like to bust your chops. You're very good at it. The headlines and everything, and including... Uh, coming up with a list along with the rest of our staff of uh, random topics that I'm going to hit with a dart. Let's go, Skycam. It's time to bring this thing home. By random, I mean 20 topics. Young Calvin Brandt has been jettisoned from the basement. He's probably on the other side of the door. I love the boy. But he uh, he's a talker, which I love. He's a noisemaker, which I love. And after a while, I just, you know, I'm just i trying to talk about which quarterback do I want to drink ayahuasca with. So here's the deal. If you don't know, I have throw a dart at the target right there. Whichever number I get, I have to immediately come up with some sort of dissertation about whatever the topic is. I don't know what it is. Let's find out. I usually hit eights, or I'm going to try to aim at 19. Let me just see if I can hit 19, which I won't. Here we go, 19. Nope, that is on the exact opposite side of 19, and that is a four. What do we have for four as we bring it back to home cam? Four. Oh, man, that's the easiest one we've ever had. Uh, the time, here we go. Let me take you down here, my friend. We'll take a walk over to the Peloton. A time that I've disappointed my parents. Well, boys and girls. Have you ever heard of a network called MTV? Maybe some of you have not. Well, there was a program on that show, and it was called The Real World. <laughs> and I was a, a cast member on that show right after I graduated from college, and my friends and my colleagues are going to Wall Street or going abroad or starting their own businesses. And I was going into the confessional booth to talk about Anissa and Tanya. Uh, I'm not going to say my parents were devastated by it, but they definitely were not proud. Let's just say there was a, a couple brouhaha's in the Brandt family when this guy decided, yeah, I think I'll go at 22 years old on national television to just bear everything. Physically, emotionally, personally, not the wisest decision. So I don't think my parents were proud of it. Jeff Perlman, who is this incredible prolific writer of all the books you love about sports, wrote something about this a few years back and uh, asked my dad, the wonderful Bob Brandt, what he thought of my uh, performance, if you can call it that in the real world. What was, how did Kyle come off? And my dad goes, a douchebag. Thanks, Dad. I love you. I love you. You raised me right. I wish I hit anything. What did I hit again? A, a four? That was the tough one, guys. I would have rather told my engagement story or the jersey that I own or something like that. But more importantly, two huge games tonight. That's the real world. Let's see if the Minnesota Vikings offense can stop being polite 
and start getting real against the Eagles. Thank you for watching, guys. Love you. Talk to you soon. Kyle Brandt's basement. We're out of here. I'm going to go for a ride.